Join us as we explore the potential of plant medicines in aiding us on our quest for spiritual growth. In this episode of Spiritual AF Sundays, we bring on guest Troy McFadden, mindfulness coach and facilitator, to talk about how we can expand our mindfulness practice with plant medicines that help us achieve an altered state of consciousness. Troy shares how these types of medicines can help us with our mindfulness practices and why it's important to see these tools as sacred and approach them with reverence. It's time to grab your favorite beverage, sit in your favorite chair, and get ready for this episode of Spiritual AF Sundays, Plant Medicines and Spiritual Growth, a conversation with guest Troy McFadden. You're listening to Spiritual AF Sundays, created and hosted by The Mystic Geek. If you're looking to explore intriguing questions about the meaning of life and our place in the universe, then you're in the right spot. We dive into topics often discussed as sound bites on social media and take a deeper look. Whether it's woo topics like astrology and mysticism, or seemingly mundane matters like technology and politics, we cover it all. We explore our own thoughts and beliefs, talk to experts, and uncover hidden meanings. These fascinating areas of exploration can help us question ourselves and better understand our world. Ready to grow and explore in your spiritual journey? We're glad you can join us. It's time to start your week off by being spiritual AF. Welcome back, listeners. Today I have Troy McFadden with us to talk about mindfulness and other fun topics as they come along. Glad to have you here, (laughs) Troy. It's great to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Tell us a little bit more about yourself. Oh, my goodness. Where to begin? A certain age, one's biography gets a lot longer. And at the same time, we start to relax into nobodiness, less concerned with somebodiness. So it gets shorter. (laughs) I'll start with that very ambiguous, cryptic answer. I'm me. I'm nomadic and fun-loving and yeah, I don't even, I really don't even know where to start, to be honest with you. If you could be more specific, I can be more specific. You're a coach. Yes, I am. What got you into (laughs) coaching and helping other people? I fell into coaching as opposed to having an agenda or a budding desire to do it and then acting on it. I have a longstanding relationship with a man who's been an executive coach for many years and has a very interesting past. And he's been quite the mentor for me. And slowly through time, I started to become involved in his work and his legacy. And yeah, I entered it in a sort of back ass words kind of way and slowly figured it out. (laughs) It works. It works. With your clients over the pandemic, have you seen any type of shifts in what they're looking for or has it been the same throughout the pandemic? As of late, to my chagrin, to the degree that I judge any of this, and of course, as a coach, getting beyond judgment is a huge factor. It seems to be very much a business as usual, a return to normal in many respects. However, within that, there are some distinctions. I have certainly seen more discontent with not only people's individual lives, but the sort of structures around them, the places they work for, more questioning of that. And even some people have sort of contracted a bit as a result of the pandemic. Some people have grabbed on harder, are more concerned with financial security, more aware that things are not dependable and maybe they don't take as many risks, right? They're risk averse. 
On the other hand, some of the clients have really gone for it. They really used the pandemic to question their situation and then to say, you know what, it's now or never, or some version of that, right? I can't always depend on some kind of future to do X, Y, or Z. I'm going to do it now regardless. Yeah, I've seen that as well. I've seen people double down and hold on to what things that give them security. I'm among the people who are like, okay, now or never, we have one life to live. And the pandemic gave an opportunity where the world was slowing down enough that I could start taking action on the things I really wanted to do. And I'm sure there's others out there, your clients included, who use that opportunity to make drastic changes in their lives or to, as you said, reassess what they were doing and pivot because they had that opportunity to do so. Yes, yes. So our experiences match, it would seem. When we originally were going to bring you on, we were going to talk about mindfulness in general. However, you did bring up a conversation topic. I think my listeners might be more interested in. I know for those of us in the United States, one of the things that is coming up as a topic is the legalization of various types of plant medicine. Marijuana is becoming legal in various states. My state, Minnesota. It's on the docket to be discussed for legalization as well. Are you familiar with various types of plant medicine and how they can be used? And if so, how do people use them in their day-to-day lives? Yes, I am familiar with them. A huge, long-standing proponent of them. Let's just give a quick shout out to Australia for being the first country to actually legalize the use of them on a federal level. And in a sense, plant medicines are like, I was going to say mindfulness on steroids, but I don't want to go there. But it is a kind of supercharged mindfulness experience while being under the influence because they're so powerful, because it's so hard to become distracted under their influence. One can pretend to meditate, but actually just sit there. One can do yoga asana and just go through the motions while your mind is wandering. But with plant medicines, especially plant medicines, meaning as opposed to synthetics, there's a conscious guide, an ally there prompting you and supporting you along the way, keeping you on track. They're invaluable. They give you that full immersion, supercharged experience of awareness and then used well, used wisely. If you integrate the experience, if you integrate whatever insights arose during the process and you actually bring them down into the level of manifestation out of other dimensions or wherever you visited, you can actually make really major, if not transformative shifts in your life. I thought I heard you mentioned conscious guy talking about planet medicines. Well, this is hardly news for any other psychonauts out there. My experience, as well as most others who have journeyed enough over a certain length of time, get to know the particular consciousness that are associated with any given plant medicine. In other words, mushrooms have their own, I want to say personality, that's limiting but they have their own sort of particular characteristics. They have certain bents of nature, you might say. Iboga, very different, for instance. And to contrast it with something like LSD is very powerful, but it being a synthetic or a semi-synthetic, it's very much up to the individual or external circumstances to guide the process because, Mm -hmm. again, there is no conscious guide that's home for the journey. And in that way, it can be more advantageous, I would say, but also in some cases, perhaps more dangerous, less effective. It sounds almost like the plant itself has a spirit, like we're going into 
animist beliefs when using the plant medicine, the plant itself being conscious, it has its own experience that it guides people through. Is that an apt way of explaining it? Yes, I think it is. Yeah. And more broadly, all aspects of consciousness have their own voice, their own spirit, sentient, non-sentient. I would say in my experience, and again, that of others, there's one common language that nature speaks. They might speak individual languages as well, but there's a common language. And then there are different dialects. So a big granite boulder has a different dialect than say a rabbit, but they can understand each other. Within plant medicines, they have a particular bent of nature, again, that allows them to communicate with us directly enough, right? There's some kind of built-in translator or common ground or whatever that allows them to share their essence with us. And that's what makes them very particular and specific. But again, a, an adept enough person could essentially have the same experience with anything and everything that exists in the natural world. You mentioned the adept. A lot of people who are beginners, how would a beginner approach a lot of these different techniques or these different types of medicines? Carefully, respectfully, reverently, go slow, do your research, trust your intuition, feel things out. Again, they're very powerful. And with anything powerful, there are potentials and dangers. There are lots and lots of wonderful skilled people in the plant medicine world who are facilitating all aspects of the journey. And there are far too many people that are taking advantage of its newfound popularity and manipulating people or worse. Talk to people that you know and trust. Find out who they know and trust. There's no hurry. They've been here for millions of years. And when it's time for you to engage with them, it will happen. It starts working, the process, before you even ingest. Wow, that is amazing. So there's two terms that you brought up during that guidance that some of our listeners may be raising an eyebrow at when it comes to medicine in general, and that's treating something <laughs> respectfully and reverently. And I know in the United <laughs> States, because we're so focused on consumerism, it can be a little difficult to see approaching even any type of medicine, whether it's plant, synthetic, whatnot, respectfully and reverently. Can you share a little bit more about what you mean by those two terms? Sure. Again, I'll start broadly here. Ideally, I would say one would look upon anything that they ingest as such as to bring greater consciousness into the process of engaging with life. Ultimately, it's all just one thing going into itself and vice versa. So whatever medicines that are from the allopathic world, for instance, you can look at them potentially as something more than just some chemical that your doctor said you had to take and more of receiving it as a sacrament. Right now, I've chosen to take this and I'm bringing this into my body as an aspect of consciousness to help heal me, help balance me, help bring me into some state. It might not always be like this, but right now this is it. So Again, bringing a sense of reverence, respect, appreciation, gratitude for having access to that. It's all the more important, perhaps, on some level with plant medicines, because again, they have a consciousness that is well-defined. They've been teachers for humanity for eons. You want to come around with your hat in your hands. You want to kneel. 
You want to bow. It's like you're moving into a shrine, a temple. You want to show up open and receptive, honoring what is present. It goes back to that whole concept of mindfulness, being aware of what we interact with, what we're in relationship with, what we allow into our bodies. And being very intentional on that versus mindlessly taking something for the sake of taking something. Yes, exactly. I'll start with this. There's a time to be less conscious, less overtly concerned with being, say, hyper aware if we have some kinds of consciousness practices. I want to be as allowing as possible here. And I'm certainly not telling anyone what to do. But yes, the whole idea of being alive is to, in part at least, to evolve. And that evolution means becoming more aware, more allowing, more accepting of all the dynamics within us and outside of us. That's one definition of mindfulness. And so that takes bringing as much of your whole self as you can to each and every moment. Thanks for sharing that bit. So you also shared that when it comes to finding human teachers or human guides on it. You have people who are genuine in their practice and in guiding uh, newer people to that relationship with the plant medicine. And you also hinted that there are bad actors out there, those who abuse the system, abuse the medicine, and also take advantage of those who are seeking that guidance. What are some things to keep a look out for when looking for instructors or guides to help you with the plant medicine. Mm, Yes, I'll use the word system that you used. In some ways, the issues is that there is no system. It's this hugely underground thing, except for certain indigenous tribes and certain indigenous peoples in the world, certainly in the modern or so-called developed world, right? It's been largely underground. And then suddenly you have... uh, all of this interest in it, all of this research, it's been brewing for a long time with organizations like MAPS and such. Bless them for their tireless work. But yeah, a surge of interest. So that many more people are aware of it. And people that want to manipulate other people will take whatever's available to them. And a little more specifically, we're very vulnerable when we're under the influence of plant medicines. And if the set and setting is not in place, this classic scenario is defined by Timothy Leary and Ram Dass in the 60s, the right mindset, the right external setting, and somewhat add support to that. If that is not in place and you're not safe and you're not comfortable, you're not with people you trust, you don't have what you need, and you're not feeling sovereign enough in yourself, then you are susceptible to not only human manipulation, but also manipulation from other aspects of consciousness. But since you ask about humans, feel them out. Trust mm-hmm. your intuition. Again, ask other people. Do your research. Do your due diligence. That's what we need to do with everything. But in particular, with something like this, it's too sacred. It's too powerful. It's too precious. The potential in it for you, the benefits in it are simply too great. And the potential harm is too great not to. With this being something that's not quote unquote regulated or there's no governing body that's out there, it's like it's even more important for us to go through and to do our own research. We can't just assume one person's recommendation. It's like really having to dig in. And as you said, use your intuition. If something feels off, it probably is. Yes, absolutely. 
if something feels off, whether it actually is or not, you would be better to at least shelve that and look for something where you get the full body. Yes, there's enough resources out there to find that experience for yourself. Thank you so much for your knowledge and wisdom here. Is there anything else that you want to share with my audience? I think I've shared quite enough for the moment. <laughs> I, I hope it's a benefit. Yeah. yeah, I think we covered a lot already on this. So <laughs> how can people find you online, Troy? How can they find you online? I don't have a very strong online presence. My website is probably the best source of contact and it's wisdomwarriorcoaching.com. Feel free to reach out. All right. We're glad we could have you on here today. Thank you again for having me. That was a fun conversation. I appreciate Troy's take on things, especially in speaking about the importance of treating plant medicines like these with reverence and treating them as sacred tools. I appreciate the work of MAPS and other organizations that are out there that are bringing greater awareness to the benefits of psychedelics and other forms of plant medicine. And hopefully we'll see greater societal acceptance of these different tools and resources. With that, I'd like to move our focus over to upcoming episodes. So a week from today on April 23rd, we are on episode 19. With that, we are bringing on guest Donna Conley, author and blogger, to discuss lunar phases for spiritual growth and manifestation. The following week on April 30th, which is episode 20, we're going to talk about the Wheel of the Year and the Sabbath known as Beltane, which happens on May 1st. For those that don't know, we're going to talk a little bit more about the Wheel of the Year, how the Wheel of the Year goes through the various seasons, and the significance of that day of Beltane. With that, we're going to wrap up this episode. Hope all is well for you and that you have a spiritual AF week. Thank you for joining us for Spiritual AF Sundays. This show is hosted by The Mystic Geek. That's me. Got comments or questions from today's episode? You can either email me at jess at themysticgeek.com or send me a voice message at speakpipe.com slash themysticgeek. Don't worry, I'll put the link in the show notes. Help others start off their week with a Spiritual AF Sunday by sharing this episode with them. Also, five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts help spiritual seekers find our show. So do the thing.